Hi, this is Janesh. And this is Pranab. You're tuned in to the 30 Minute Hustle podcast. Thirty Minute Hustle is a community of performers with a story to tell. We believe that each individual has a distinct path towards achieving their goals and are obsessed to learn about their process. As a platform to bridge the gap between knowledge creators and seekers, we hope the journey will inspire you to accelerate your growth. Welcome to the network of knowledge, mindset, and practice. I value. time uh, because i'm not invoicing my material i'm invoicing my time my time is worth something each and every minute that i talk to you my company is spending 578 rupees as fixed expenditure a company with a good vision will have a good leader who wants to take care of their employees if the fundamental of not taking care of their employees is not there the company is not going to succeed is what i i feel today me and our guest host arjun had so much fun hosting shriram Shriram is the director of Metalscope India Private Limited. His vision is to take his company to Fortune 501 by 2030. He's a true visionary in the global metal and fabrication industry. At 26, he's working to change the dynamics of his thousand-strong company to make it more inclusive. We hope you enjoy this young entrepreneur's journey on the Tony Minute Hustle podcast. so hi guys ba- uh, basically i am uh, into pre engineered buildings steel buildings basically uh, so pre engineered building is a concept where uh, we construct industrial sheds or multi story buildings using high strength steel which will be completely recyclable or uh, uh, recyclable and it uh, so maybe after 10 years or 20 years after establishing the uh, building if you want to move the building somewhere else you can basically dismantle it and you can erect the building somewhere else so that's how, uh, how handy it will be even though it is a new concept in india uh, it's been on the rise in india for the past uh, 10 years probably but uh, these concepts are prevalent in uh, countries like us and uk since 1870s so uh, in fact buildings like uh, uh, empire state in new york it's complete steel building so it is also very similar to a pre engineered building so we are into that business and uh, we are also into railway coach component manufacturing business so basically we manufacture uh, and supply railway coaches to indian railways uh, we manufacture a specific kind of coach called link hoffman bush uh, it's a german stainless steel coach that we manufacture so again we manufacture that from pondicherry so it's it's and we are also into fire rated steel doors uh, so all the complex all the airport buildings any public uh, commercial buildings requires a fire exit door which can withstand uh, the smoke or fi- uh, fire for almost 2 hours so we manufacture those kind of uh, special doors as well so uh, uh, these are these are all the products that we manufacture but uh, uh, as a company uh, uh, as metalscope metalscope is a company's name as a company we are a project company which delivers buildings for the client irrespective of manufacturing manufact uh, so we do have industry which is definitely complementing our uh, sales maybe and sales and uh, procurement strength but uh, as a company we are exactly into projects uh, so we construct steel buildings we construct steel bridges uh, and uh, we do ma- uh, manufacture and uh, erect modular houses we export modular structures modular apartments with interior done in pondicherry to australia where they uh, erect the building one above the other uh, may- maybe so it, it's placed like lego structures uh, and uh, the overall project timing is around 0 uh, to 5 days that's it before before a week there won't be anything and uh, after uh, after a week if people see there there will be an apartment where people can so that's exactly what i was going to say that's exactly what i was going to say that you know is it kind of like my legos where it, i was just building them and then suddenly i'll this construct it go somewhere else and start putting it back but yeah, yeah. yeah very interesting so there's a wide array of services around metals and how you're using metals in different industries altogether but shriram like how did this completely start like what is the foundation of your company a uh, couple of generations back how did this start so, so basically my dad is the founder of this company 
and uh, he started his business in the year 1976 from 1976-77 so uh, uh, he started in the name of royal industrial corporation so that particular company was into steel uh, gates and steel window manufacturing uh, and uh, so uh, it's called royal engineering corporation and uh, royal fab so my dad started it and during those days it was a manufacturing era so when people uh, uh, who wants to become a fab which, which year was this sorry to interrupt you which 19, year was 1977 okay so uh, since the demand was uh, quite high and the supply was much lesser uh, at the time uh, the focus on manufacturing was really good if we manufacture something we can set a price for that and we can sell it so that's that's a nera in which uh, my dad started the company and uh, definitely it did complement his business a lot until uh, uh, maybe 2000s but after 2000 maybe after 1991 after the liberalization after the globalization the concept has changed drastically uh, so now it is a sales world where uh, the demand is much lesser than the supply so uh, irrespective of, uh, because anyone with money can manufacture whatever they want that is the truth we have systems like fires gemba or whatever it is in order to manufacture something it is not a big deal but to sell a product to place a product in the market it is actually the uh, biggest uh, challenge that we are actually facing right now but yeah uh, from the manufacturing side from uh, steel windows from steel gates slowly uh, my dad entered into truss works uh, you know pipe trusses godowns and uh, asbestos sheet uh, retail from there uh, he started a company called steeltech in 1995 which specializes only in uh, fire rated doors so basically uh, we have a couple of other co- competitors in that particular business uh, so all those competitors uh, so probably three competitors uh, across the country and uh, all the three competitors uh, their uh, uh, their products are not indigenously made in india so they had a technical tie up with the company in israel or us and uh, from south korea they had technical tie ups and another company has a tie up with germany so they developed their uh, fire rated door blast proof doors and all those things but my dad being the first generation entrepreneur and uh, uh, r and d specialist and a scientist himself uh, uh, maybe uh, without a degree a scientist without a degree uh, that's how we should call him basically so he developed this particular door so uh, we, we can proudly say that uh, india's one and only fire indigenously made uh, fire rated door so our company's name is steeltech which sells doors alone so he started it in 1995 and uh, yeah uh, that has picked up quite well and uh, we are india's second largest manufacturer and uh, manufacturer of fire rated doors in fact now so that's how the journey started in uh, 2006 he started this company called metalscope with a vision of uh, pre engineered building where uh, even if you want to construct a industry of 10 lakh square feet or 5 lakh square feet whatever it is the overall time uh, the overall time to construct that particular facility should not exceed 6 months that is the target but the pre engineered building uh, uh, was there in india since 1975 that is the truth uh, there are big multinational companies like uh, tata and uh, kirby kirby is a dubai based company kuwait based company uh, and the owners of Uh, kirby is basically the sh- uh, shakes or uh, what do you call them kings and queens are the owners mm-hmm. of the company we are competing with kings and queens as what uh, we will say but indian market is so big that no one can get up the market that is a truth and uh, starting from 2006 uh, with a very minimum turnover i would say for metalscope it started with 8 crore turnover and uh, slowly uh, so uh, keeping the revenue apart i will say we started with pondicherry then chennai now i can proudly say that our projects are uh, going throughout india and we are exporting structures to countries like nigeria brisbane uh, australia then uh, we are exporting to philippines uh, so these are all the other markets the, we we catered to so basically from a steel window company that my father started now it is a company with 1000 employees so uh, this is the overall background of my company actually Oh, wow awesome uh sriram uh, that's like an impressive uh, journey that you're talking about all this while man uh, i i think i lost out a little bit so you said metalscope uh, uh started in 2006 before which steeltech was in 1995 but what was it before that so before that it, uh, it is royal fab 
Royal Fab. Royal Fab. That was the initial uh, uh, entity. In fact, my dad is well known in Pondicherry in the name of Royal Fab Santana Mantel now. <laughs> so great! Why? I mean, that would that would be like the first thing. I mean, awesome. Royal Fab. And uh, so now you have Steel Tech and uh, Metal Scope as well, and all of them are um, widely across uh, used in the world, as you can see. Sorry. And Steel Tech and Metal Scope. Now you put it widely across the world, where you service a lot of players. Is what you're saying, India? Yeah, exactly. Great. Uh, so yeah, Sri, I'm just keeping to that and moving on. Um, you, can you tell us a little bit now? If I was a startup, or if I was an entrepreneur who is From a completely different industry, right? Like I'm coming from FMCG. I have no or close to no clue, or maybe no idea as to what the kind of challenges you have within your industry, uh, because the dynamics are quite different. Maybe I would have an idea of it. But could you tell me what what are the major challenges you've seen in the past? Uh, what you foresee, and what probably you know what you're seeing right now would be a an aberration because a pandemic is not something that everyone will talk about, but it's quite relevant today. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that? The challenges in general, what you would face in your industry, and what particularly you face um, right now. So first, uh, about the about the industry, I, I so first about my industry, then about my own challenges. So uh, first about the kind of business that I'm into. It is a heavy capex and heavy inventory business, and uh, the, uh, anyone who is into this particular business. will have triple digit crore number as their turnover bare minimum but their margins will be in negative or uh, we can say we are in a very sophisticated spot if we do even 3 or 4 percentage margin in this particular business uh, so that was the trend that is a trend even now but uh, so for the past 5 years in the past 5 years what i understood about this business is we saw this business as a manufacturing industry so even though we are into pre engineered buildings so let's say if arjun is uh, arjun is my client all he cares about is whether his building is getting complete, completed on time he cares food for what is getting manufactured in my company but uh, you know companies like us we we see our output in terms of tonnage since it is in steel so uh, my factory has a capacity to fabricate 3000 tons per month so we were uh, all our kpis were uh, focused on how many tons did we achieve this uh, month how many tons did we invoice this month but we did not care much about what is happening at the site or uh, how it is getting erected how satisfied the clients are and uh, uh, let me tell you it is a, it is uh, it is a situation throughout the country even with mncs basically so all they care about is capacity utilization of the plant so now now yeah maybe uh, that is one thing and there are other uh, issue, issues like uh, you know uh, government handling these bank guarantee schemes where uh, after submitting so uh, now even if we give a bank guarantee for 3 uh, months uh, so it is deemed to have that uh, one year extension even after getting back the bg uh, our clients can technically uh, revoke our bg for the uh, for other one year where uh, our uh, you know our limits are being blocked on a continuous basis so these are all the kinds of issues that we face and uh, definitely this particular market pre engineered building is a red ocean where uh, the margins keeps sliding each and every year because of the intense competition that is that is there in the market so uh, yeah now we now in fact uh, i have a very good coach for the past 3 years i have a business coach and uh, uh, because of the continuous sessions and strategy sessions that we have with each other now we have uh, technically changed our perspective uh, towards service in that particular pre engineered building where we can uh, have a better throughput so now we are uh, uh, basically transforming us what i will say in this particular business having a conventional way of working won't uh, let any uh, any business uh, any any companies that is into this business to survive for a longer period of time so we need a completely different set of approach for this kind of business is what i feel so um, um yeah so now that you you know you're reinventing how the business has been conducted over uh, several decades and you know you're talking about the challenges you're facing in the industry what is the future vision that you have for your company and you know how how are you making these changes and how are you implementing these strategies to get a better efficiency in throughput as you just mentioned 
so basically uh, like let me uh, tell you the flow of my company basically right from orders to uh, my building getting erected okay. at the scale so uh, once once the order is uh, taken the building is being so first we will design the building we will quote to the client we will be competitive there we will take the order from from there it goes to the order management department from the order management department to the uh, uh, to, to the uh, to the factory where they do the engineering detailing and all those stuff and they give it for fabrication and my procurement guys uh, generally procure some material according to the order that we have uh, got so we will pump in the steel bolt nut or whatever it is we will fabricate it we will uh, send it out but basically a pre engineered building consists of lots and lots of components so uh, what our focus was technically into was whichever product has a Uh, has more weight. We we use the invoice that because the invoicing value will increase. But now we have uh, split the company into four strategic business units. So uh, one is construction business solution, which involves customer acquisition business that is sales and marketing. Then uh, the other one is design. The other one is project management office (PMO). So we call it as PMO. Uh, so project management design this particular ent- entity construction business solution uh like it, it it is not dependent on the manufacturing unit that we have before that the sales guys will give the order to manufacturing uh, department and the company will send the material out and uh, the ultimate goal of cbs uh, will be only to feed the uh, manufacturing unit but now we have changed it if the cbs is getting the material from our competitor at a better cost and at a better quality and at a better advantage to execute the building at site without any issue they have the liberty to take the material from outside they have the liberty to release the order to some other company so let's say my company is in pondicherry my factory is in pondicherry if they take an order in delhi i have to send my material from pondicherry to delhi so transportation won't be viable technically i can't even take orders when the local players are uh, you know fighting over there for business so uh, with a very strong design solutioning team and the sales team if we take a order in delhi i can take my material from a delhi based good manufacturer so now now we started doing it the construction business solution has the complete liberty to give order to some other good company uh, probably our vendor from uh, where we can take the material we will erect it so we save on transportation cost we have all the advantages that a local player have in delhi sitting in pondicherry technically so and uh, we have separated manufacturing unit like like is the delhi based players when they uh, come to uh, when they compete in southern part of india we supply material to them even if we lose the order we make sure that we supply material to our competitors so that at least our plant is being uh, utilized continuously and uh, you know we have separated this uh, plant construction business solution uh, consultancy as a separate one and uh, we have a product uh, department product department is where we focus more on these fire rated doors then uh, we have couple of other products now we are focusing on hvac hvac systems for railway coaches and uh, uh, we are we are entering into defense and aerospace as well in manufacturing and uh, in products uh, we have other uh, rail, railway coach doors and all those things so these kind of products we are de- developing so product is a separate segment and we have uh, corporate services basically corporate services is nothing but finance department hr department and it support uh, for all the three uh, for, for all the other three uh, strategic business unit so technically this is how we have separated uh, separated uh, these things and uh, now uh, i'll say so in order to do 100 crore we would have invested a particular sum of amount uh, in our factory to manufacture these many tons of products but from to scale up to 100 crore to 150 crore there will be a capex required of 10 to 15 crores each and every year so uh, that additional capex of 10 crore uh, so we are dependent on the capex to increase the revenue but now because of uh, splitting the fbus into different things now in order to increase my revenue and profitability my company is not dependent on the capex rather i would say those capex is, uh, those capex are being added as profit to the company so because of the added profit and because of the better uh, leverage among the market uh, 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 now the valuation in the com- valuation of the company will also technically go up as what i feel very interesting so yeah crazy man crazy i think you're revolutionizing how they look yeah. at your industry right if i'm not wrong yeah te- technically yeah so awesome. basically 
uh, you know a top players of the globe kirby kirby is one competitor zamil is another competitor we have interact so uh, even all our guys it took a lot of time for our own company guys our own guys to make them even say that word that uh, we are not competing with kirby or zamil we are something different we manufacture pre engineered buildings is fine we erect pre engineered buildings is fine but they are not our comp- competitors so and basically pv is not our product our product is the company so what we have to create is a beautiful company which has a seamless operation to manufacture service or do whatever it want to generate its own revenue so our very, focus is more yes. very interesting and i think that's a lot of significant change from a manufacturing company to go into this avenue and it's a very big mind change uh, mindset change in the, in the foundation team itself and you know you can see this business uh, models around platform businesses where you have consolidation in the industry happening so what are the uh, you know the nuts and bolts of consolidation what you have been seeing because as you said like when you when you do a, a project in delhi you locally source from a competitors there and the competitors source from you in a local place where you are available so what are the nuts and bolts of this consolidation and how do you see this platform developing so that your brand stands out as a platform and a company rather than the products you sell itself so uh, t- technically uh, consolidating all these things you know uh, when uh, so when we enter the delhi market or the bombay market first of all not all the competitors the so called competitors are not interested in supplying the material to metal store so they they're uh, placing the brand metal scope in a different perspective matters a lot so uh, being their own competitor those guys are not really ready so uh, in some cases uh, i'll tell you in some cases i made my competitor enter the south indian market and i made sure they got the order and i made sure they are getting benefited by the supplies from my company so i have broken the barrier by just breaking my ego first my company's ego first so that that's how it started working uh, i would say and now many many companies are interested in this particular way and uh, you know uh, we used to generally follow all the multinational companies from western world uh, what they follow and all those things now i'm pretty sure uh, because of what we have done in the market those guys are inter- we are the torch bearers for uh, these kind of systems and those guys are uh, really interested in following these things so now uh, you know consolidating the business what i would say was the focus is more on ip intellectual property creation and the ip is the company not a product that we manufacture so uh, in construction business solution the major uh, part is they used to take orders they used to design then they used to release uh, the order to the manufacturing department but in addition what we need to give the orders to others we need a supply chain management department department in construction business solution sbu and for manufacturing for manufacturing to not depend on construction business solution manufacturing started giving targets uh, start start uh, started giving allotments to construction business solutioning saying out of 3000 tons a month i will take 1500 tons order from construction business solution if you take further orders please give it to someone else i am not responsible for that because the other 1500 tons i will take uh, 200 tons or 300 tons order from uh, 10 to 15 customers uh, small uh, small small players who will feed me continuously with advance payment where my cash flow cycle gets better and better and better so b- before this when we take orders of 50 crore 60 crore when uh, when if a company is ready to invest 50 crore first of all they will be a very strong multinational company who needs a fast track project they won't pay us penious uh, advance or so e- initially we have to invest 70% for the raw material directly so if you take a 100 crore order 70 crore we have to invest remaining 30 crore uh, re- remaining 20 crore we will invest, uh, invest again for the conversion and after supplying the material after 30 days we will get the payment so technically we will invest completely for the building we will invest completely for everything and we will take the orders but when uh, when we split the loads into 1000 pinet for construction business solution and 100 100 100 for another 15 clients i can demand for 50% advance and before dispatch payment again the cash flow gets better and better now the focus is more on reducing the finance cost of the company so crazy is- so very interesting so crazy so basically you're going about uh, Uh, decreasing your uh, day inventory and your day receivables and you're increasing your credit lines exactly it's super radical within this business bro i don't think anyone who's doing b2b uh, metal manufacturing in this scale 
uh, might even look at it from this perspective. Uh, I think it's this is the kind of stuff that I would expect from you know your IIM MBA guys, but like it's very surprising to see that Sri Ram hasn't even uh, you know got his degree from his college, which he dropped out from. He's an SVC dropped out drop out from uh, you know engineering uh, in our very own Chennai. So man, how did you get this mad knowledge of just so many things within the industry? I mean, it's easy to say that this guy's done some MBA somewhere, uh, some fancy MBA. He's got all this knowledge. So first, first of all, what I would say is technically I've done my MBA. I don't have the degree as what I would say. From childhood, from four or five years old, uh, I've been visiting my factory, my office. I, I've been around this environment for a uh, very long time. And uh, I don't really remember a day when uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't really know uh, anything about business or uh, I don't. Uh, so technically, uh, for the past 15 to 16 years minimum, I will say my knowledge le- my knowledge level was pretty much the same in, in, in terms of fundamentals. In terms of fundamentals, yes, I'm learning a lot each and every uh, day that is different. But, uh, you, you know, I'm very lucky to have a dad like this who taught me everything on a daily basis. He he didn't really care about what I studied in school or college. So that is the truth. So uh, my dad was very focused in saying, you're going to school or college to make friends. That's it. So that that was the kind of uh, mindset my par- parents had. So technically, I, I did not really believe uh, in examinations or whatever it is. Uh, no offense for anyone uh, because... Many of them working in my company are with uh, MBAs and uh, even there are a couple of PhDs. Without them, it is difficult for me to run the company as well. So they are different product and I'm a different product uh, is what I will say. And uh, and moreover, without, a, without any corporate experience, I had initial struggle in the business because uh, the way that my dad uh, was running the company, you know, it was more conventional, very, very conventional way where... Uh, he shouts at people to get the work done. So uh, when it was five people, we can shout. Ten people, we can shout. Now, 200, 300, 500, 1,000. No, we can't run the company like this again. It is impossible for any human to just shout and get the work done. And uh, so technically, I started to feel the stress before three to four years a lot. And luckily, I got a wonderful business coach, Mr. Ramas from Bombay. Uh, all these ideas that I've been talking about, uh, let me say, I, I had the base idea, but, you know, to execute these kind of stuff, uh, my coach has supported me a lot, is what I will say. And for maybe, uh, my, my perspective is for any businessman, we need a coach or mentor outside that uh, business to give a different perspective about the same business, actually. And uh, uh, my coach is doing that on a regular basis to me. Brilliant, Sriram. So, uh, you know, uh, tell us more about your personal journey in the sense like you have been exposed to your business from a very young age and that has taught you the nuances of how your industry works. And after that, you you went to college, probably you did not like it and you took a right call of getting out and getting more indulged in the business. So how has it been on a personal level of growth, right? Because you have a very big company you have to go back and contribute for. So how are you training yourself mentally? Yes, you had a business coach, but what were your thoughts on a very regular basis because of the uh, the ambiguity of the problem you might face in an industry like this? So te- technically, uh, from childhood, I, ha- I I still have the same goal, actually. From childhood, I had only one goal. I still have the same goal. I want to make my, uh, I want my company to enter the Fortune 500 list, which, will, which I will do for sure in the next 10 to 15 years. So uh, with with this kind of goal, uh, I think whatever I'm doing right now is not enough. I should work 10 to 15 times more than what I'm working right now. So that is the basic attitude I have towards business. And uh, yeah, technically when I entered the business, so things were different because my, uh, my dad started the company alone and a uh, few people joined him uh, as his employees. And, uh, you know, uh, when I entered the company, those loyalists of the companies were the pillars for him. But uh, one thing, after after one year, I I analyzed the business so much that I got to realize they, they are all uh, yeah uh, they are trained in a particular format, but that particular format is not going to help the company anymore, or rather it is not going to. So basically, the cycle works like this. I don't know why I've seen many many of uh, the old industrialists or the first generation entrepreneurs who started their company in 1970s or 1980s. They're uh, you know, uh, uh, nothing wrong. Uh, I'm not saying anything wrong about my dad or anyone else. But, uh, you know, they're, uh, 
I, I would say the the care towards their employee was much lesser. You know, uh, in terms of how they handle them, how they speak to them, how they value them matters a lot. So, uh, I, uh, one one biggest disadvantage I saw in my company was uh, anyone who was with my dad was not smarter than my dad. And uh, so, my dad's subordinates, uh, my dad's next level guys, though uh, their team, no no one was smarter than those subordinates uh, who, who was working under them. So technically, no one had a growth pattern inside the company. So there is no logic in just making money and uh, not giving, uh, not not uh, making sure that our employees are having a better lifestyle or better lifestyle growth. But you know, it was supporting to a great extent until five years before or six years before. But the competition became so intense where each and every one in the company has to align with the vision of the leader, vision of the owner. what the owner wants to do so when that particular vision is there we have no other option than to take care of our employees because we need to maintain a very positive mindset with our employees otherwise they won't technically work for us so if i say i want to, uh, i want my company to become a 4000 crore valuation company by 2025 i i i shouldn't only say about the 4000 crore valuation even uh, my driver even the security of the company is contributing towards a 4000 crore valuation that is going to get achieved in 2025 or 2026 for that we have to create that ownership mindset so when we say ownership em eduthukiradilla so that is not the complaint a owner a leader should definitely do we should give ownership to them no no one will take ownership on their own so uh, i i found that as a huge lacuna in my business a huge lacuna in my company and uh, slowly we started to you know Give, uh, give them training sessions uh, on a continuous basis we uh, we try to uh, uh, give them yarn about uh, how important it is to take care of your people so that they have a positive attitude in working so that the quality of the product the quality of the company itself will increase on its own so but yeah i had to take few very hard decisions in the beginning stage itself so who were not really ready for the change particularly who were more than 50 years of old uh, 50 years of age uh, i don't know whether it is right or uh, wrong until now but i don't really believe in a good decision or bad decision all the decisions are by products of the situation so i had to take some hard decisions at the time and i had to replace those guys with uh, a well trained uh, professional uh, good professional from some other multinational company who who had a better lifestyle in a better company because a person with a good standard of lifestyle always wanted to provide the good standard of lifestyle to their employees and subordinates the biggest problem here is they all came from the scratch they did not have a good lifestyle and uh, why i am looking at improving my employees lifestyle is because i had a great lifestyle so Shira, yes shriram i'm yeah. very impressed with what what you've been telling us right now because you know like i look up on this company called the bridgewater associates and okay. the principles of redalue very very you know speaks about the same thing how contribution of a janitor is also very important to a company's outcome and the brand loyalty of a janitor is also is as important as a president winning for the country right so uh, so how is this approach like uh, how do you break down this barrier of ego in place because as you see from a first generation coming in place as you said handling of your hr was diff- uh, different you didn't have the smartest people in the room what i understand from your conversation you you rather be the dumbest guy in the room because you it will give you time to improve and you and your personal development as well so how did you break that barrier and that ego for a, a company of 1000 strong so how do you, how did you manage to do that so i won't say that i've broken that until uh, broken that until uh, now but what i can say is there 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 is a progress there is a progress uh, from uh, 100 people with a negative mindset uh, i am pretty sure now it is only 10 people so uh, you know i i think it is an exercise that see few people changed by themselves few people understood yes this is how the company should be few people understood yes our guys are happy so the environment is happy everyone is working happily but few they, they are not okay with it their mindset is negative but being an entrepreneur i value time uh, because i'm not invoicing my material i'm invoicing my time my time is worth something each and every minute that i talk to you my company is spending 578 rupees as fixed expenditure so that's how i calculate uh, money so i uh, like i i used to talk to them a lot i used to convince them a lot i used to see their progress but yes after two three warnings i was ruthless in sending them out 
and uh, my dad is not really happy about it until now so uh, that is different but i honestly believe in one thing that a, a company with a good vision will have a good leader who wants to take care of their employees if the fundamental of not taking care of their employees is not there the company is not going to succeed that's what i i feel and technically being in the fabrication industry uh, like uh, i don't say that i'm in the fabrication industry i'm a project company but technically until 2 3 years before our mindset was we are fabricators we were fabricators no fabrication company in the world has good lifestyle for uh, has uh, like is providing good lifestyle for their employees basically and uh, none of the fa- you, you you can uh, run a survey on this actually none of the indian fabrication company has sustained more than two generations second generation they will dip and they'll die until they change their perspective from fabrication to something else because being a fabricator you can't provide a good lifestyle to your employees if you can't provide good lifestyle to your employees don't run the company is what i'll say okay awesome killer shrirav i think i want to hop back on something which you said i think it'll stick to everyone's mind 578 rupees per minute wow Brilliant. and you expect to right you expect to go 10 to 15 times more productivity on yourself that's what you said right you're not working you want to work it man it's easy to mistake this and say you do nothing but work 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 and there's nothing to do with your personal but i'm sure there's a bunch of hobbies and other things that you do right i think you did a little bit of acting as well uh, in your college days and all this so tell us man how do you how do you keep up with this how do you do business i think sometimes you do business and uh you know any other personal thing or by uh, at the same time right so can you tell us what are these things that you are into so uh monday to saturday strictly it's business for me morning uh, i'll start my day by 6:30 6:30 to 7 i'll plan my day after that uh, 9 o'clock i'll go to the office and uh, evening 7:30 8 until that office factory office factory i'll have review meetings and uh, all uh, so our companies will have many transactional meetings our power team the key team will have the transaction meeting and uh, i'll basically review those transactions on a continuous basis so these are all the works that i'll be doing and uh, each and every day two hours of strategic planning so we spend uh, we have something called think time in which we uh, plan for uh, the future of the company or how the perspective has to be changed on a continuous basis so we work on all those things but from saturday night to sunday night a completely different shiram strict uh, so strictly no business so that's how i work so sundays i go for the stand up paddling and uh, uh, i don't know whether i am a good actor or not but i have this passion for acting so i uh, i am uh, i used to act in my friends uh, youtube sketches and uh, yeah i acted uh, in a drama in college and i've been torturing arjun to uh, write or direct another drama so that i can act in it so that i have yes Yes, but the pandemic keeps stopping us, Sriram. But don't worry. One day we'll make this. I mean, if you guys happen to know Sriram at all, and if you've met him for five minutes, he'll say, "Hey, let's go stand up paddling." He'll add you in a group the next weekend. You guys will be paddling together in the middle of the ocean, and he'll be there with half of his other business contacts. So you'll yeah. be there not just to be paddling; you'll be networking with them as well. So it's not just a one-way thing where you're, you know, de-stressing and relaxing. You're also uh kind of um, uh, also making connects and and sort of uh, you know uh, getting to know different people out there and uh, that's the kind of thing i think sriram would look at and sort of make 578 rupees more productive uh, that's how you do it with even your downtime you sort of make ways to make money right it's an expenditure basically <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i think arjun we should we, we should uh, shift our uh, uh, golf regime with paddling now <laughs> I've been trying to convince him to play golf that's a different thing because I keep telling him hey you need something more to de-stress something more to relax so nothing more relaxing than golf you can make connects while playing golf it's a good place to meet people all that and all so like let's see let's see and um Sriram with a little bit of stalking i mean a lot of stalking before this podcast uh so i think uh, you have a lot of avenues towards healthcare and uh, i have uh, i need some insights on what you're doing towards healthcare because you know you have been working with a lot of government hospitals uh, mm-hmm. give us some insights on that so uh, regarding healthcare uh, nothing on the revenue basis or income basis so because of the covid pandemic we have been working with hospitals to provide them a proper oxygen pipelines and uh, we have been donating uh, uh, cryogenic oxygen cylinders to the government uh, uh, in order to overcome this particular uh, pandemic situation so we are working closely uh, with pondicherry government to you know enhance the capacity of beds and all those things so uh, 
that that's it regarding healthcare and apart from that you know healthcare products we manufacture hermetic doors and uh, all uh, you know uh, steel fabricated products which are related to healthcare kind of stuff or uh, in a in a very minimal minimal scale uh, i'll say got it and and you know being a being in an industry like fabrication and metal there's a lot of environmental norms which has to be considered and uh, so and plus you're also into into a product which can be recycled and can be reused again so as a company and as your individual what are your views on environmental uh, 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 prospects you know how how are you guys looking into that so technically uh, i will say our uh, major focus is on buildings and uh, our actual focus is to convert future projects from uh, future projects in the country from a civil building to a steel building because no one can technically uh, uh, you know uh, technically feel that they are into a civil building or steel building once they are into a building they they are into a building they will think that they are into uh, the, uh, the walls are made of bricks and the columns are made of uh, uh, cement and uh, sand but technically there are multiple buildings where they have entered uh, people have entered and they haven't realized that those are all steel buildings but one ad- advantage with steel is see uh, sorry so one advantage with steel is it is completely recyclable one it is weightless when compared to concrete civil so uh, in order to manufacture 1 kilo of steel 2.7 tons uh, 2.7 kgs of natural resources are being used so technically we use uh, high strength steel not the regular steel we use higher yield strength steel so that uh, if a building is uh, weighed around 1000 tons if we use the high strength steel the building's weight will come down to 700 tons so there we have a saving of 300 tons that's how we optimize and we take care of our environment too but in uh, in civil construction technically it is not recyclable or recyclable one thing and for every kilo of concrete that is manufactured 10 kgs of natural resources are being used and that is not recyclable too. we are using okay. sand we are using m sand m sand is nothing but uh, huge huge mountain boulders Yeah. So that is actually changing the monsoon pattern. So technically, we should move towards a composite building structure, which is uh, which reduces the usage of red, uh, river sand, M sand, uh, then P sand, these kind of sands, and uh, you, you know, it pro- uh, we can opt for products like magnesium oxide board for walls, aerocon aerocon blocks for walls. So we are exporting apartments basically, apartment modules to Australia, where no concrete is involved. except in the foundation so you know instead of 100% uh, concrete now we are going only with 5% concrete since it is made of steel the weight of the building is also much lesser so the design load under the ground that is the foundation is also much much lighter than the regular foundation for the civil building and the overall cycle cost overall uh, you know uh, overall project timing is going to be just 3 to 6 months however big the building is i'm not talking about empire state or burj khalifa it will take 3 to 4 years for uh, for sure but you know uh, companies like daimler hyundai so we've been part of companies like that they have uh, contributed a lot of pre engineered building for them each and every building it takes only 3 months or 4 months rather they don't give uh, time beyond that as well so 20 crores 30 crores however big the building is 3 3 months or 4 months that is the delivery time for those buildings so that's how it works and uh, you know it in, uh, it reduces it, that increases the quality and precision of all the buildings to a great extent because in civil building people are working at the site and they uh, not all of them are engineers or anything we need laborers to work there we need skill set to have a better quality but in a factory controlled environment like factory we have multiple quality control operations and quality assurance plan which reduces the errors and rework in that particular process inside the factory itself so when that particular product is uh, so when it part, uh, particular product is actually uh, being fabricated or sent out from the factory it is made sure that the uh, the particular component is 100% uh, good uh, there is no quality compromise or anything so since it is made in the uh, controlled environment the building is also very precise and the quality of building and uh, is also very good and it is everlasting very so until the design is good i uh, uh, until if the design is good rather uh, rather if uh, the client is giving it to a rookie then everything is collapsed that is the same civil and steel 
so what i understand from this is basically like if i bought my house like an ipad it's a fully assembled unit it's got everything it's been made at a great factory so i know it's got this quality and all that right that's kind of the takeaway that i'm able to take out of this i'm not a metal guy i don't know man- manufacturing that much so, but am i right you are right you are right killer so uh, see i'm just keeping in that in mind right um sure we're do we're in a pandemic for the last one and a half two years but you've been doing a lot of travels right your work takes you across quite a bit of shuttling here and there right on the road flight travel can you tell us a little bit about that how your movement is on a normal pre 2020 day how it was and maybe it's different in the future but how has that been how has that been uh, extreme so uh, pre covid times i used to travel nothing less than 1000 kilometers a week by road so from pandi to chennai chennai to pandi then uh, to wherever the projects are going on i'll visit those places quite often and uh, you know monthly once i'll travel to places like gujarat and delhi for sure so uh, gujarat once and delhi once for sure and uh, definitely uh, maybe uh, once in two months or something uh, I, i'll be in a condition to go to places like bombay and again every quarter i'll have to fly to some countries like predominantly it was china now good that uh, these things are happening i decided to buy all my machines from uh, countries like germany and italy so i'll be going to europe from now on so <laughs> so uh, that's the that, reason he got covid seal he didn't go for covaxin because they they haven't approved it yet. so he went for covid seal so that they so he will be able to if if for saw the complete ban on covaxin i don't know how that's going to come out to be i've got covaxin so Yeah, I got COVID too. I got double jab COVID. <laughs> hey, but seems know. to work, man. Anyway, yeah. Siram, I have a very serious question to ask you. Right? Uh, is the future of Indian uh, uh, construction modular and pre-engineered? And is it not that today? And if so, why? Why is it not that today? So uh, the first reason is uh, there is a huge concrete. lobby in india civil lobby in india so uh, you know any guy who wanted to start a business can start a construction business comfortably if someone wants to construct a building on their own they can hire their own people to construct it it's uh, not uh, it's not necessary for them to hire a contractor that is the current situation in the country now so what happens is not much of technicality is involved in terms of constructing the building but a lot of technicality is involved in terms of designing the structure that is different but design can always be outsourced so our guys are outsourcing the design and they are constructing the building and majority of the companies are being backed by with the politicians in the country so uh, but you know uh, a steel building it requires a lot of technicality in each and every process if there is a failure in a particular stage then uh, pretty sure that the building will collapse after a few years so that particular uh, thing is being uh, used as an advantage by the indian concrete lobby is what i feel even if you look at my uh, linkedin post the last paragraph will uh, will be about uh, linkedin description my last paragraph will be about how our aim or goal is to break the concrete lobby and to convert the market from civil to steel so that the country progresses and you know technically if 1 kilo of steel is giving employment to 10 people at this point of time after 30 years or 40 years when they want to recycle the building when they want to demolish the building or something they will just recycle it so that the same 1 kg of natural resource will employ another 10 people after 30 years but that is not the same with civil so uh, and cost wise i would say there are buildings in which civil works are cheaper there are buildings in which steel works are cheaper so if the uh, if uh, the space utilization for, for a mall is much uh, required they need more space uh, inside so they don't want columns close uh, uh, in the close of this uh, on a closer distance so the span has to be bigger if the span is more than 15 meters then they have to go for steel steel will be cheaper but what uh, what i'm saying is even if it is lesser than 15 keeping all these points or considering all these points considering our country considering the natural resource one should opt for steel building rather than uh, civil building uh, actually i am in a house which is constructed using civil uh, civil concrete but uh, i am pretty sure the next house that i am constructing is going to be of steel 
Firam, a quick question here uh, for our audience. What's the difference between a civil building and the normal building you live in and a steel building? So steel buildings uh, has, uh, you know, the column is made of steel. The okay. co- column is basically the structure which holds yes. the Then the beam is of steel. Mm-hmm. Then even the ceiling is made of decking sheet. Decking sheet is again steel. After, uh, above the decking pour a layer of concrete. So basically without concrete, it is impossible to construct any building. But mm-hmm. they can minimize the use of concrete to a great extent. Instead of civil column, we are going for a civil uh, steel column. Instead of civil beam, we are so, showing beam. So instead of bricks, you're using steel columns and mixing it with concrete. Uh, Is that you'll use aerocon blocks? Okay, got it. Yeah. So uh, these are all the kind of things that will support. You know, uh, it is not construction technology from now on. It is going to be high-speed construction technology. Mm-hmm. So uh, India has to get into that particular uh, business of time. Each and every country uh, should get into the business of time. Each and every company should get into the business of time. And they are not realizing that they are actually into the business of time, not in the business of generating GDP or not in the yes. business of something else. Absolutely. You can see it with the uh, you know, uh, unconstructed bridges, which is left out in our country. So, yeah, exactly. uh, yes. Uh, so, Sridhar, thanks for elaborating, you know, how, how this works. And let's, let's talk about your failures you have endured and, you know, uh, how you've embraced failures and grown out of it. And it can be your company-wise or your personal-wise, which has impacted you a lot. So, uh, I, I have pretty, ba- uh, pretty bad failures, actually. First thing I'll say, uh, so before five years, I entered the company and uh, I tried my uh, best to, you know, focus on the current business uh, that my dad is into, that is the pre-engineered building. I tried to enter the business a lot. But honestly speaking, uh, I was always being uh, overshadowed by the people already in the company because they have a better experience than me. Then I was overshadowed by my dad too, but uh, he also wanted me to perform. But without him knowing, I was being overshadowed by him a lot of times. So at that point, uh, rather than being a fighter uh, by myself, I found a way to escape. So I, I escaped to Chennai and I decided to start uh, the railway coach manufacturing business. So I went to Integral Coach Factory, Modern Coach Factory, Raiburali, all those places. We have set up a plant and all those things. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, the, the company started performing really well in the uh, starting stages. But uh, during the COVID period, uh, it was completely upside down. Uh, they have re- reduced the production plan. Indian Railways has reduced the production plan. And uh, with the uncertainty and volatility in government's planning, you know, the business is getting affected a lot. But one thing now I've realized that I shouldn't have actually uh, started the railway business uh, just to use it as an escapism from whatever I'm going through uh, in the current business. So now if you ask me whether if I will start a business like railways again, I won't. Because... Uh, even at this point of thing, my uh, my father's product, my father started this pre-internet building. It is actually performing, but something which is actually pulling down the performance of uh, pre-internet building is railways. But yes, we have derived perspectives and strategies for that too. I'm pretty sure that that is going to grow even bigger than what we have visualized. That is a different from uh, uh, probably in two months things will change. But that has been a, a small failure, I'll say, small failure, uh, which has contributed a lot to my stress in the past uh, four years. And uh, I had another uh, small failure. So basically, I developed a product, uh, which is a UV sanitizing box. It is not a very difficult product to develop, though. So I got it uh, certified from CSIR, uh, stating that uh, it kills COVID in three minutes or four minutes and all those things. So uh, probably I would have uh, invested 20 days of my time on that on developing the product. But, uh, you know, uh, you, you learn everything by experience. Choosing the partners matters a lot. Arjun advised me a lot on choosing the partner. But partner is a very good friend. Partner is a very nice man. But uh, that particular, so the product was called Swatchbox. That particular experience taught me something. If you want to choose a partner, you should make sure that they, uh, their vision aligns with you at any cost without, yeah. uh, without that particular point because my dad's vision and my vision are not al- al- aligning properly we have issues then if 
fathers and has that issue you imagine doing it with a friend uh, it was a very uh, difficult time i would say uh, the most difficult phase of my life uh, was the swatchbox phase but yes uh, without that experience you know i i lost few lakh rupees because of that but i'm so glad i lost only few lakhs instead of few crores because because of doing a small business with really good friends actually so from now on i will be very careful in investing or doing whatever uh, you know with my friends or whoever it is now my focus is only to align my vision with my staff's vision my vision with my people's vision my my job is to only align my vision with them that's it nothing else as an entrepreneur i think that is enough to run a successful company awesome sriram tell us a little bit about keeping this vision in mind where do you see this company in 5 years the next 10 years and uh where do you see your organization and the hierarchy within it also uh, uh taking you there so in in five years i'm pretty sure uh, we'll be we'll be one among the top three players in uh, uh high speed construction technology uh, business in india and uh, and definitely one among the top five in uh, railways in five years in, uh, by 2025 26 and uh, so my, my target to uh, our company's target to enter fortune 500 is by 2032 so by 2032 uh, we are targeting to enter the fortune 500 uh, list so technically uh, i think we have 11 more years but yeah we have a lot of work to do though. so that's how i see but uh, after that yeah i have uh, multiple other plans to i want to establish uh, the company throughout the globe and uh, i want metalscope to be a part of uh, you know us stock exchange too in future by 2025 26 we want to enter into indian stock exchange uh, uh, bombay stock exchange and uh, national uh, stock exchange after that by uh, 2032 to 35 uh, we will i'm pretty sure uh, we will establish it throughout the world because um, we want to establish the manufacturing concept we will establish the construction business solution concept Uh, so, uh, Shreya, what advice would you give for a young chap who is just getting out of college, uh, merely twenty years old? What would your advice be for them? So, uh, if they have a family business and if they are going to enter that particular business, one thing I would recommend is don't join the family business right away. Please, uh, <laughs> uh, please do make sure that you are getting some corporate experience so that uh, from twenty to thirty, what you have to, uh, you know, technical exposure is not uh, that important. technical exposure can be get, gathered any time you want because technical exposure is the easiest to gather but the most difficult thing is understanding the process understanding the system understanding the people and understanding uh, how to run an organization in a seamless manner that we can learn only in successful companies so i think before entering as a second generation entrepreneur i think uh, people uh, or uh, guys needs uh, exposure in terms of professionalism if if they are if their company is a very conventional company if they are a multi multi billion dollar conglomerate uh, i don't have any advice for them what, what about a, what about a fresh starter who's who's uh, a first gen entrepreneur who's just starting off at 2021 uh, i i would say uh, so it's, it's completely cliche dialogue so everyone knows it. H- hard work vision and uh, to make uh, what else to say i don't know what else to say <laughs> all right Mm-hmm. another another question we always have for our guest and uh, so we give you a piece of billboard put out on a highway and what would your quotation be put onto that you know uh, I, i don't get so you. we give you an empty billboard and you have a line or two to say to the world what would that be mm, so since my thought process is always on the uh you know invoice and time uh, time based invoice and all those things so i i would say maybe you know mm, mm, development is not progress completion is progress maybe uh, that will be the tagline that i can say brilliant. again based on time brilliant so we are wrapping up the session so uh any personal advice or personal note from your side to our audience uh first of all i am also 26 years old i am not that experienced in giving advices actually but what i would recommend what i would recommend is if uh, you are provided with an opportunity to uh, take over a big responsibility and if you have a great vision i think dropping out of college is not a great idea because that's when you get to have fun i missed my fun times a lot 
so uh, i studied in, in college for just two uh, two years and uh, i confidently say that that is the best phase of my life so uh, however big your vision is however big uh, your thoughts are however interested you are in business however interested you are uh, you are in achieving great things please make sure that you stay in college for a longer period of time that's it <laughs> <laughs> oh crazy crazy i think that resonates with most of us if allowed to i would still be in college right now uh, like you said that is one of the best phases and you know you really miss it. you can't wait to get it back at any point of time likewise every every bad day at work i'm googling colleges to go to <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah so but that's been super fun shriram thank you for being here with us today and sharing your entire journey it's been it's been great man Thank you for listening to the 30 minute hustle podcast. You can follow us on Instagram for all our latest updates. Until next time signing off. This is Pranab and my co-host Janish.